Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. go episode 667 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Friday September 29th 2023 the final show for this month of September 2023 and a show on which we can say that the Orioles have won the American League East the deed is done Thursday evening a 2-0 win over the Boston Red Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards to clinch the American League East. This is the Orioles' first AL East title since 2014, and the American League leading O's are locked in as the number one seed in the American League playoffs. And we on Thursday evening learned that the O's, the state of Maryland, Maryland Governor Westmore, and the Maryland Stadium Authority have agreed on a deal by which the O's will continue to play at Oriole Park at Camden Yards for at least the next 30 years. The current lease had been set to expire on December 31st. R.I.P. the talk of the O's moving to Nashville. (laughs) Uh, Thursday, a good day in Birdland. I have a proper Oriole segment for you later in the show, as this is the only Washington, D.C. sports podcast or show that regularly talks Orioles and actually acknowledges that there still are many Orioles fans in the Washington, D.C. area. Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Also coming up on the show, in-depth preview of the 2-1 Commanders at the 3-0 Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday afternoon at 1. Will the Manders bounce back from what happened in week 3 of this 2023 NFL regular season? The 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. Uh, Next segment, I will talk Commanders offense, including good news on the status of tight end Logan Thomas and lots of stuff from assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy in a pre-practice press conference early Thursday afternoon. Eric talked quite a bit 
about his uh, offense's, shall we say, not-so-stellar performance in that loss to the Bills, including a good bid on quarterback Sam Howell. Uh, Then we'll talk commander's defense, including key comments from defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio in a pre-practice press conference on Thursday. I then will present to you rhyming keys, my keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion, and then I'll give you my prediction for the game. And also on the show, college football, Goldilocks, my previews and picks against the spreads for Maryland, Navy, Virginia Tech, and Virginia, uh, the games that I'll be discussing. Maryland home to Indiana Saturday afternoon at 3.30, Virginia Tech home to Pitt Saturday night at 8, Virginia at Boston College Saturday afternoon at 2, and Navy home to South Florida Saturday afternoon at 3.30. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Darrell on something that I talked about on Tuesday's show, episode 664, that there were a lot of Bills fans at the Commander's loss to the Bills at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. The game was a sellout, but... (laughs) Bills fans had a lot to do with the game being a sellout, and I wondered if the majority of the tickets purchased by Bills fans were sold before or after the Josh Harris Group bought the Commanders in July, writes Darrell. BuffaloNews.com released a story on the D.C. Bills backers and how one fan acquired tickets for hundreds of Bills fans for the team's game at FedEx Field. As soon as the schedule was released earlier this year, Bills fan Gregory Wall got his hands on more than 400 tickets. Here's an excerpt from the story. Quote, when the date came out, I called the commanders right away and told them I needed a couple hundred tickets, Wall says. I was able to get 175. I was a little worried about selling that many. I didn't want to swallow any cost. He put a notice of ticket availability on the Facebook page of the D.C. Bills backers, some in the lower bowl where tickets cost more than $200 and some in the upper where they cost more than $100. They were gone in less than 24 hours. So Wall got back with the commanders. He needed 75 more tickets. This time they sold out in 36 hours. So he asked for 50 more. These sold more slowly, but they sold. The D.C. Bills backers were now up to 300 tickets. I was trying to be cautious so I didn't get stuck with any, Wall says, but there was still more demand, and I was feeling dangerous. So I called the commanders and said, how many do you have left? The answer was 109. Wall took them all, and sure enough, all of those sold too. For you numerologists out there, the grand total of 409 is a combo of Vaughn Miller's number 40 and Kyle Allen's number 9, end quote. Uh, Thank you for that email, Darrell. Yeah, you know, we haven't talked about that. Former Washington quarterback Kyle Allen, uh, now the Bills QB2, he made an appearance in the game last Sunday afternoon, ended up playing on 16% of the Bills' offensive snaps due to the blowout nature of the game. So pretty clearly, those tickets purchased by Bills fan Gregory Wall uh, were purchased before the Josh Harris Group officially bought the Commanders in July. What I want to know is this. To what extent will new ownership work against opposing teams' fans routinely taking over FedEx Field, as has been the case for years? Like, is this still going to be a thing? 
Or is the thing ending? Too early to tell. The sellout for the Commanders' 2016 win over the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field in Week 1 clearly was a function of the ownership change. And the question was, would the sellouts continue? Well, the Commanders' second home game of this regular season was a sellout, uh, but the game being a sellout was not due just to the uh, ownership change. Bills fans bought a lot of the tickets. Uh, I have received some emails on what is going on with the ACC football teams of the Commonwealth of Virginia, Virginia Tech and Virginia. We have the Hokies in their second season with Brent Pry as head coach being just one and three. We have the Cavaliers in their second season with Tony Elliott as head coach being 0 and 4. Email from Wendell Hicks on the Hokies, writes Wendell, I am personally invested in the Hokies program, not because I have some deep tie to Virginia Tech, but when Brent Pry was hired, he took the head coach of my alma mater, Savannah State, as the nickel-slash-safeties coach. Our program had wandered in the proverbial wilderness for at least 15 years before Sean Quinn got there and led us to being competitive again. Since our coach left, I would at least like to see the team be successful, but that doesn't seem to be happening. The silver lining is that there could be a chance for Coach Quinn to come back to Savannah after this year, as both parties may have an opportunity. Love the show, as always. Uh, Thank you for the email, Wendell. And then email from Jim, who's a big UVA fan, writes Jim on Tony Elliott. Elliott is a stand-up man of faith and has guided this program through unimaginable circumstances, and for that, I commend him. But from a football perspective, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I don't know if this is the right man for the program moving forward. We need to give AC a better chance for success. Thank you for the email, Jim. Uh, AC, as in true freshman quarterback Anthony Calandria, who I think has the potential to be really good, but who may not even start for the Cavs in their game at Boston College on Saturday afternoon at 2. More on that during Goldilocks. It is a shame what has happened with both Virginia Tech and Virginia. The Hokies last season had their first seven-game losing streak since 1951. The Hokies this season have at least three non-conference losses in a season for the first time since 1992, and the Wahoos are off to their first 0-4 start to a season since 1982. You know, each head coaching hiring made sense at the time. Virginia Tech on November 30th, 2021, announced the hiring of Brent Pry as head coach. He had spent the previous eight seasons as defensive coordinator and linebackers coach at Penn State. He worked as a defensive graduate assistant for Virginia Tech from 1995 through 1997 under then head coach Frank Beamer and then defensive coordinator Bud Foster. But things have not gone well for Pry as tech head coach. And what has happened with Tony Elliott as Virginia head coach really has been disappointing. That UVA's offense under him has been as bad as it has been, has been a big time disappointment. Virginia on December 10th, 2021, named Tony Elliott as head coach. Elliott had spent the previous 11 seasons as an offensive assistant for Clemson. He was Clemson's co-offensive coordinator for its 2016 and 2018 national championship seasons. He was Clemson's co-offensive coordinator and then offensive coordinator for Trevor Lawrence's run as a Clemson quarterback, 2018 through 2020. Elliott was Clemson's co-offensive coordinator for Deshaun Watson's last two seasons as Clemson quarterback, 2015 
and 2016. UVA hiring Tony Elliott off the surprise departure of Bronco Mendenhall as head coach was exciting, but Elliott last season did not do a good job with quarterback Brendan Armstrong, who had a great 2021 season under Bronco and now is at NC State. And Elliott this season has a team that has not been good on offense, has had massive special teams problems, and has been undisciplined. Uh, Things are not good with Virginia Tech football and Virginia football right now. But very good is underdog fantasy. I, this NFL season, am partnering with Underdog Fantasy. I'm making fantasy football picks for Commander's games in terms of Underdog Fantasy's higher-lower totals for each game. Underdog Fantasy is terrific. It is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. And Underdog Fantasy is offering something special for listeners of this podcast. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, Galdi, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free, free money. So here are my picks for Commander's Eagles. I'm playing two higher, lower totals. Uh, The rushing yardage total for Commander's quarterback Sam Howell is 14 and a half. I, for a second consecutive week, am going to ride going higher on the Sam Howell rushing yardage total. Last week was 12 and a half. He went over despite just one carry, but it was an 18-yard carry. I like Sam at the Eagles to go higher than 14 and a half rushing yards. And the reception total For Eagles tight end, Dallas Goddard is three and a half. I will take higher than a three and a half reception total for Dallas Goddard. You know, Goddard in nine career games against Washington has 37 receptions for 454 yards and three touchdowns on 47 targets. And we all know that uh, Washington over the years has uh, had some problems covering tight ends. (laughs) So Sam Howell higher than 14 and a half rushing yards and Dallas Goddard higher than then three and a half receptions. All of this through Underdog Fantasy. I'm making fantasy football picks for each commander's game. You can join me via an outstanding deal. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Hey, if you are looking for an amazing Washington Commanders fan community to be a part of, to placate your Burgundy and Gold obsession, make bgobsession.com, your Washington football fan destination. BG Obsession, or BGO, has been the home of the most knowledgeable, friendly, and passionate Washington fans on the web since 2009. BGO is a special place at which you can join your fellow fans for some smart football discussion, great contests, game day chats, and even lifelong friendships. What are you waiting for? Visit and join BGO at bgobsession.com, home to your Burgundy and Gold obsession. Next segment, I will talk 
Commander's defense in preparation for their game at the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday afternoon at 1. Right now, we talk Commander's offense, and I am happy to say that we have more good news on tight end Logan Thomas. Uh, He, for Thursday afternoon's practice, was listed as a full participant in practice. This offer Wednesday afternoon's practice, having been listed as a limited participant in practice. And all of this is off him last week not practicing at all. Uh, Logan was inactive for the Commanders' last game, the 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon due to a concussion that he suffered in the Commanders' 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos in Week 2. So, don't want to assume anything, but it is looking like there's a really good chance that Logan Thomas will be back on Sunday afternoon. Some bad news for the Commanders' offense running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., he for Thursday afternoon's practice was listed as not practicing at all. Uh, This off for Wednesday afternoon's practice, having been listed as a limited participant in practice. Rodriguez is dealing with illness, but that is it in terms of commander's offensive players on the active roster listed on injury reports for this week so far. Logan Thomas and Chris Rodriguez Jr., Uh, For the Eagles' defense, safety Justin Evans was listed as not practicing on Thursday for a second consecutive day, this due to a neck injury that he suffered in the Eagles' last game, the 25-11 win at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past Monday night. But I tell you, even if Evans does not play on Sunday afternoon, (laughs) this Eagles' defense is fierce. The Eagles' secondary features corners Darius Slay and James Bradbury, and the Eagles have a tremendous defensive line. Now, the Eagles have had a good defensive line for a while, but they now have Jalen Carter, who they took with the number nine overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft out of Georgia. Jalen Carter, for this regular season through week three, had an overall grade for pro football focus of 93.2, number one among all qualified interior defensive linemen in the NFL. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. So this Eagles defensive line now has Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, and Milton Williams on the interior, and Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, and Derek Barnett as edge defenders. Commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon did his weekly pre-practice press conference. Eric was hired by the Commanders this past February off having spent the previous 10 seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he was the Chiefs running backs coach for the 2013 through 2017 seasons. He was the Chiefs offensive coordinator for the 2018 through 2022 seasons. We could spend an hour talking about all of the offensive success that Eric Bieniemy was a part of with the Chiefs. What happened with the Commanders offensively in their last game, that loss to the Bills this past Sunday afternoon, is not the kind of offensive performance of which Eric is used to being a part. The Commanders in that game scored no touchdowns, averaged just 4.51 yards per play, went just one of nine on third downs, allowed nine sacks, and committed five turnovers. This was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on the performance of his offense in the loss to the Bills. You, you guys got to understand, this, this stuff like this happens, Okay. We're growing as a team. We're discovering who we are. This is week three. We're two and one, by the way. Okay, the sky hasn't fallen out uh, from the from the sky. Uh, everything. The, the sun is still coming up. We're having an opportunity to be here. We're very blessed and fortunate to be here, breathing, alive. So we have an opportunity to fix it. 
as an offensive unit, we didn't play very well. And I'll say this. I'll continue to say that. This, that starts with me. My job is to make sure that our minds are ready to go out there and do the things that we need to get done. But on top of that, that we're physical, cap- physically capable of doing what needs to be done. We'll play better. Well, good to hear Eric Bieniemy take blame. Show accountability for the uh, not-so-good offensive performance by the Commanders in the loss to the Bills. And he did this at various points in the press conference. Here was some more from Eric on Thursday afternoon. Well, first of all, everybody's doing something good. All our guys are out there competing. They're working hard. They're playing hard. Uh, they're striving for perfection. But when it's all said and done, we have to play great together as a unit. We can't pick and choose our moments. Okay? And I'll say this again. That starts right here with me. All right? And so I got to make sure that our guys can fully have a grasp of what we want to accomplish. But at the end of the day, it's all about the 11 men who are on that field being accountable to one another and us as a coach instead of being accountable to those players. And then once we start ironing out all these little things, everything will be all right. All right. Now, before we go any further, how about this? Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon said that he didn't even know that Sam Howell has taken 19 sacks so far this regular season. Is that true? Or was Eric Bieniemy playing us? Was EB working us with that? Take a listen to this exchange between Commander's Insider J.P. Finley of NBC4 and Eric Bieniemy. 19 sacks through three games, does the actual physical toll of that start to impact, you know, kind of the offense or the play calling at all? Uh, I didn't even know it was 19 sacks until you said that. So my job is to be the coach and continue uh, staying the course with our offense. Yeah, I'm not sure if Eric Bieniemy really truly did not know that Sam Howell has taken 19 sacks so far this regular season, but this was Eric on Thursday afternoon on how much of the nine sacks that Sam took in the loss to the Bills was a function of this loss to the Bills being just the fourth NFL career regular season start for Sam. First of all, I think it's a combination of everything. We got to make sure that we're doing a great job as a coaching staff, and that starts right here with me. I am the offensive coordinator. On top of that, we just got to make sure that we're out there executing. When it's all said and done, we got a young quarterback still. You know, our job is to make sure that we're continuing to grow. Now, there was some spurts. He did a hell of a job. You know what I mean? And then there was some um, opportunities. We didn't do such a great job. But that's the thing. When you're a team going through a season, you're going to have your highs and you're going to have your lows. This is when you find out who you are. This is when the resiliency has to pick up. Yes, it is. Uh, Commander's head coach Rod Rivera in his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon opened up about this Commander's season being about developing Sam Howell in a way that Ron had not opened up previously. I talked about this quite a bit on this past Tuesday's show, episode 664. The Commanders over three games this regular season in terms of first half offensive plays have had 79 passing plays versus 21 rushing plays. The commanders in the first half of the loss to the Bills had 17 passing plays versus five rushing plays. This was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on weighing wanting to throw the ball a lot in order to develop Sam Howell with also the potential benefit of running the ball to take some of the load off Sam. I mean, it's always a topic of discussion. At the end of the day, you just want every player 
in that locker room to have faith and confidence and belief in what we're doing. We just didn't play very good. You know, when it's all said and done with, you, you have good days, you have bad days. When it's all said and done with, my job is to make sure that we're doing everything all right, to help us to drag our ass across the finish line. Obviously, I ain't do a great job, whether we threw the ball, whether we ran it. Okay, obviously, we didn't do enough. So my job is to make sure that, hey, you know what? That doesn't happen again. My job is to clean up the shit and we continue moving forward. Yeah, and uh, there was a lot of uh, that stuff this past Sunday afternoon to clean up. Uh, more from Eric Bieniemy in moments. Uh, things did not go well for the commander's offense in the loss to the Bills, but if you are planning an event that you want to go well, Catering by Uptown will come through for you. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations, and Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Uh, Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you're having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. Uh, no experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown.com that's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. So Sam Howell for this regular season has an NFL worst sack percentage of 16.1. His problem of taking sacks goes back to college. Sam Howell during his final season at North Carolina 2021 ranked number one among all Power 5 conference quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL draft class in most sacks taken 45. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on if a new approach for Sam to taking sacks is needed, given that this is a recurring problem. Well, he's a second-year player, but he's a rookie quarterback, okay? And I'll keep using this line as long as I'm up here, okay? Sometimes it's the first time things have happened to him. And so you have to understand he's going through that experience. The best thing Sam did that game is that he played his way through it. That way now he can find out the good that he did, the bad that he did, and the indecisiveness that he did. But those things happen. No one wants to go out there and perform in that manner. But one thing I am proud of, I'm proud of the kid because, yes, he did have some sparks. Okay, I'm proud of our group because when it was all said and done, we found a way to move the ball down the field. Obviously, we didn't finish in the end zone like I wanted to, but we found a way to move the ball. And so when you do stuff like that, you celebrate the little things and you make sure that you're giving your guys that positive feedback, but also being realistic with them about playing hard, playing consistent, making sure that we're not taking turns breaking down throughout the course of the game. And we talk about this all the time. Sometimes it'd be nice just to line up and play against the opponent. 
rather than playing against ourselves and beating ourselves and playing against the opponent, that's pretty tough. So I would like to see us to go out and, and, and compete this week against the Philadelphia Eagles, which I'm pretty sure our guys will be fired up. You know, Eric Bieniemy in that cut continued this narrative that the commanders in the loss to the Bills actually moved the ball some. Uh, really? <laughs> the commanders in the game had one third down conversion. Uh, the commanders in the game averaged 4.51 yards per play. The commanders in the game generated 230 total net yards of offense. That was it. I'm not seeing where the commanders in this game actually moved the ball some. I mean, somebody's going to have to explain that to me. This was not some offensive performance in which the commanders were good between the 20s and just had problems in the red zone. No, this was a wretched offensive performance. Uh, were there some good offensive plays? Sure, but you can find those from every team in every game. Uh, if there was an offensive positive for the Commanders in their loss to the Bills, it was running back Brian Robinson Jr. He had 10 carries for 70 yards, uh, was not targeted in the passing game and playing on 37% of the Commanders' offensive snaps. He, for the game, was the second highest graded Commanders player per pro football focus, overall grade of 828 here was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on Brian Robinson. B-Rob is B-Rob. That's who he is. It doesn't shock nor surprise me. But at the end of the day, I tell you one thing B-Rob would love is that if we would have found a way to win that game together as a unit. One thing about this, you guys are going to understand this about me. I'm not about numbers. I'm all about our players, and I'm all about finding ways to win. So when it comes to the individual performances, yes, some guys stood out. But we didn't stand out together as a team, okay? And obviously on offense, we didn't do our part. So our job is to make sure that regardless of who has, quote-unquote, a good stat game or who doesn't, at the end of the day, we got to fix it, corral it, make sure that everybody's on the same page, and then we get back to work and we figure it out. So – I know B-Rob. B-Rob is a hell of a football player. But the only thing B-Rob right now is concerned about is this up-and-coming opponent. The success of Brian Robinson in the loss to the Bills has brought up the question of why didn't Eric Bieniemy in the game call more runs for Robinson? This was Eric on Thursday afternoon on if he needs to remind himself to stick with the run. Well, I don't have to remind myself of anything. It's just about doing what... We feel collectively as a staff and basically how we ironed out our game plan, making sure that we're staying the course. When it's all said and done with, I, I'm not concerned with numbers. The only thing that matters is that we're going out there, having an impact on the game and doing it the right way. So the runs, they come up. Uh, uh, our guys are doing a hell of a job of running the football. They are. But in this league, you have to be able to throw it as well. Okay, so you got to have some type of balance. On top of that, I got a young quarterback. I want to make sure that young quarterback understands he has a coaching staff that has great confidence and belief and faith in him. So those things, they happen. Sometimes you have bad days. Sometimes you get your ass kicked. Okay, just like your mom said when you were younger, you got to get your ass up (laughs) and go back out there and fight for what you want. And so that's the thing that I loved about what we did this weekend. We fought. Okay, we fought and we finished together. Now it's about being resilient, handling all the stuff that we went through. Now just 
accept it, life lessons, okay, that we learn from watching the tape and we keep it moving forward. It's what? This is week four. Here we go. Did you catch what Eric Bieniemy in the middle of that cut said about calling so many passing plays? Quote, I got a young quarterback. I want to make sure that young quarterback understands he has a coaching staff that has great confidence and belief and faith in him. End quote. Again, going back to what Ron Rivera said on Monday afternoon, highlighting the desire to develop Sam Howell this season. Ron on Monday afternoon admitted that the commander's pass-heavy play calling has been in part about developing Sam. Rod on Monday afternoon said of Sam, quote, continue to work and have him grow because we know the faster he gets to where we think he can be, the better we're going to be as a football team, end quote. And I've got zero problem with this. I like that this is how Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy are approaching Sam Howell. This is a smart, big-picture approach, the likes of which our team has not had enough of over the years. Uh, how about the ongoing process of Eric Bieniemy learning about how to best utilize the commander's offensive players? Eric, like every football coach, has to find that right balance of what he wants to do and what he can do, given the players he's coaching. This was Eric on Thursday afternoon on this dynamic. You know what? I think... Uh... It's it's been a journey, and I'm enjoying the journey. I think uh, the journey has been good so far. Obviously, uh, you don't like to uh, to take a a direct hit like we did last week, but uh, I think our guys are they're in the right place. You know, it's been fun getting to this point. Never anybody, as any coach, wants to go through what took place. But the thing I learned many moons ago is that. In order to appreciate winning, you have to despise losing. So now that process that we just talked about getting to this point, it's my job to make sure that I'm digging in and making sure that I'm doing everything under the sun possible to help us to be the best team. You know, and not not just about a system, but helping us to be the best team that can go out and perform up to the level of expectations that we expect them to. Big spot for the Commanders at the Eagles on Sunday afternoon for both Sam Howell and Eric Biennemi. Here was some more from Eric on Thursday afternoon on Sam as he attempts to bounce back from his bad performance in the loss to the Bills last Sunday afternoon via this game at the Eagles this Sunday afternoon. He's very aware of his mistakes. He's very aware of the things that he didn't do. That's what you love about him. He's a very honest kid. Uh, He doesn't shy away from anything. He knows exactly what took place. And that's the thing that that's the type of relationship that you want to have. And like I said, he's a young kid. First time playing through this situation. Okay, not ideal, but I'm proud of the fact that he hung in there and it was a great experience for him to go through. Now, the only thing that we can do. All right is utilize this moving forward and help to improve anything and everything that is needed to help us to be successful moving forward. And when it comes to helping you, if you have been victimized by the negligence of someone else or helping someone who you care about off that person having been victimized by the negligence of someone else, know that Paulson and Nace is there for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. 
Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that is always ready to fight for you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace provides a passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Uh, how about this? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yeah, Paulson and Nace has taken on Big Pharma and won. Uh, Clifton versus Georgetown University Hospital, a $50 million verdict for a young mother injured during childbirth. Uh, Bradley versus the United States of America, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million, uh, this to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government <laughs> and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. Well, thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. It can be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. I ask you guys for the ratings and the reviews a lot, and uh, you keep coming through. So thank you very much. Uh, the ratings and the reviews are greatly appreciated. Uh, we move now to the commander's defense in preparation for their game at the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday afternoon at 1. Safety Percy Butler for Thursday afternoon's practice was listed as a limited participant in practice for a second consecutive day. He's dealing with a foot issue, but every other defensive player on the commander's active roster has practiced fully so far. There have been two other commander's defensive players listed on the team's injury reports this week. Two corners, Benjamin St. Juice, uh, he has been practicing fully despite a neck ailment. And Emmanuel Forbes Jr., he has been practicing fully despite an elbow problem. For the Eagles offense, receiver Quez Watkins was listed as a limited participant in Thursday's practice. This off him having been listed as not practicing on Wednesday. He's dealing with a hamstring injury that had him inactive for the Eagles' 25-11 win at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past Monday night. The Eagles, of course, are loaded at the skill positions with receivers A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and tight end Dallas Goddard and running back DeAndre Swift. You know, Smith was listed as not practicing on Thursday due to illness of uh, not having been 
on the injury report for Wednesday. So we'll see what comes of that situation. Commander's defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio on Thursday did his weekly pre-practice press conference, which got going shortly before 12 p.m. It was during head coach Ron Rivera's post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon that Ron gave a rather notable answer when asked what has stood out to him about Emmanuel Forbes so far. Take a listen. I think when you, you know, when watching him and some of the things that he does, I think he's got to continue to work on his technique and, 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 and really be even better with it. I mean, he's got a tremendous skill set. He's got great quicks. He's got a great plant and drive. Um, but I, I, sometimes you just, his, you know, his, his footwork, his, his, his body positions, he can be better at it. He really can. I mean, he's, he's such a young player. Um, and I just think it's about him refining the technique that he's going to use and he's going to play with. Okay, so that was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on Emmanuel Forbes, who, of course, the commanders took with the number 16 overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, but who in the commanders' 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon played on just 41% of the commanders' defensive snaps. And so we on Thursday had the following back and forth between a good friend of this podcast, Commanders Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic, and Jack Del Rio. Um, Jack, for uh, Emmanuel, just curious, uh, three weeks in, obviously not a big sample size, but yeah. what have you seen from him in terms of both coverage but also uh, engaging in the run? What have you seen? I've seen enough to know that I should ask you these questions. <laughs> uh, I, I like the way he's started and responded. Um, I thought last week was clearly uh, a step forward. I, I think you know he continues to understand. Uh, plays that he needs to make for us and working hard at it. And I know obviously we made, there's been two things were made a lot about him were one, the uh, the interceptions and be able to be a playmaker in that way and also just the, the, the size or lack thereof. Have you seen have you seen from the size perspective? Have you, have you seen that be a factor at all so far? Uh, positively perhaps or negatively for him? No, he's got good length. Um, got good quickness. Um, yeah, no. So no real issues that way, um, but you know, I, I, I like I like where he is. I mean, we're we're working, uh, we're improving, and uh, I like I like the way he's approaching it. Well, what matters with Emmanuel Forbes is what matters with quarterback Sam Howell or any other young player. Where is he at a month? from now, two months from now, three months from now. Yes, right now matters, but where he's headed is so much more important than where he's at. By the way, we later in Jack Del Rio's press conference on Thursday had this back and forth between Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post and Jack Del Rio. What have you seen from Emmanuel Forbes in the first three weeks? Like, what do you what do you want to see him did get you, better at? Did you miss the beginning of this, did we talk? We talked about Emmanuel, didn't we? Yeah, but there's. Um, I was. Kind you you want to go? You want to dive deeper on that? A one? little bit, yeah. Okay. Like, I, right. I mean, what do you what do you want to see him improve on? And are the things that you want to see normal for a, a rookie? I guess. Yeah, the game, game of football. Just uh, he's he's gaining experience each and every week. Um, come out and compete. That's what I want to see. Um, you know, prepare well and compete. It's really, I don't want to see anything different from him than I want to see from all our guys. You know, dig into the game plan, really understand your opponent, um, make sure that you're playing fast to your responsibilities, and go out and have fun. Let it, let it rip. So, I want him to do the same thing I want all our guys to do. 
Yeah. Jack Del Rio at his press conferences likes to have some fun uh, with reporters. He's actually doing more and more of that. Uh, Well, Emmanuel Forbes is part of a commander secondary that on Sunday afternoon will be dealing with Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. The Eagles took Hurts in the second round of the 2020 NFL draft out of Oklahoma, to which he transferred in January 2019 of having been at Alabama, as it was in the college football playoff national championship game in January 2018 that Hertz famously was benched in favor of uh, some freshman named Tua Tungavailoa. Hertz was the Eagles QB1 for the 2021 season and was solid, but he then busted out last season in which the Eagles won the NFC championship. And the Eagles this past April signed Hertz to a five-year, $255 million contract extension with 110 million dollars fully guaranteed. This was Jack Del Rio on Thursday on Jalen Hurts. I've admired him, you know, from back at, at the Alabama days, the way he handled adversity. I thought truly classy, um, studly response to tough circumstances. And uh, uh, every part of his game has just continued to grow and blossom. He, he's a good football player. He's improving as a, as a passer. And um, you know, he's dangerous with his legs and, and he's a very good leader and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, he is developing and done a nice job for him. Yes, he has. Uh, Jalen Hurts for the 2022 regular season was number four among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL and ESPN's total QBR at 68.3 QBR on a scale of 0 to 100. Hurts for the 2022 regular season. It was number three among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in yards per pass attempt at 8.05. He very much has developed as a passer. Here was Jack Del Rio on Thursday on Jalen Hurts' development as a passer. I think the development is is apparent, you know, and um, I, I wouldn't say it's normal because not everybody does, you know. Um, how, do you, how do you quantify what normal looks like? I, I think he's one that has developed. And there are some good young players that come out, you know, highly regarded um, and don't. So, um, yeah, it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, if you, if you had, if you really understood what it was, um, more of those guys would go off early in the draft and there'd be less misses. But that's just, you know, everybody's trying to find a guy that can do it, and um, looks like they've they've settled on and found a a really good one. Yeah, now, Jalen Hurts, uh, does that have great numbers for this regular season so far? In fact, Jalen Hurts and Sam Howell through week three had essentially the same total QBR. Hurts, 44.2, Sam, 43.2, but... The Eagles are 3-0, and and Hurts uh, for the Eagles' win at the Bucks this past Monday night was under the weather. ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter reported that Hurts uh, before the game was having flu-like symptoms. Uh, something that came up during Jack Del Rio's press conference on Thursday was a play that has become almost synonymous with the Eagles. The push play. The tush push. <laughs> uh, what originally was known as the bush push off what happened in an epic college football game, then number one USC winning at then number nine Notre Dame 34-31 in October 2005. Then USC running back Reggie Bush, the Bush push. Uh, Well, the Eagles have become masters of the push play. Uh, What is a short yardage play on which the quarterback on an under center quarterback sneak gets pushed 
from behind uh, by a player or players. The play is legal, but the play is controversial. Uh, there are those who believe that the play should be outlawed. Personally, I don't have a problem with the play, but we on Thursday had this exchange between Commanders Insider J.P. Finley of NBC4 and Jack Del Rio. Hey, Jack, the Eagles run that QB sneak with the running backs coming behind him, yeah. kind of pushing Jalen forward. It's the push, a, yeah, the push yeah, play. The push push, yes. Uh, just kind of curious your thoughts on it, if you think it's legal or, or, or how it should be handled. Well, it's not being officiated as illegal, so we just have to prepare for it. I mean, that's I, – I would – personally like to see it eliminated, not just because they run it better than anybody, although they do run it better than anybody. But um, I, I, I don't think that's a football play. I think it's a, a nice rugby play. And um, it's not what we're looking for in football. But until it's outlawed, uh, we'll prepare for it and get ready to you know, do our best to stop it. Now, what I don't understand is why more NFL teams are not doing the push play. The Eagles have run this play with great effectiveness. Why aren't other NFL teams doing this play? Why isn't our team doing this play? We on Thursday had this exchange between Nikki Javala and Jack Del Rio. And going back to the tush push, I can't even say it. The straight yeah. um, they're very effective at it, yeah. like you said. Why don't more teams do it if it's allowed and it's effective? That's, that's a question for other teams around the league. I, I Ask EB when he comes in, you know. I, mean, I, I, I just know we've got to prepare for it this week, something they do. But as a defensive coordinator, are you surprised more offenses don't do it? No. Not everybody has a quarterback that's strong enough to withstand some of that. There have been guys that have been injured sneaking over the years. Not everybody likes it. Oh, not every quarterback wants to sneak it. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of, there are a lot of questions that are involved in teams deciding how they want to approach uh, short yardage situations. So. In case you're wondering, Eric Bieniemy uh, at his pre-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon did not get asked about the push play. But make no mistake, the push play is a thing and is part of a larger phenomenon of quarterback sneaks, period, being a thing. Consider this from the NFL. From the 2017 through 2022 NFL regular seasons, the rate of all quarterback sneaks increased by nearly three times from 0.39 per game to 1.08 per game. Well, for years, there was a push for a better way to get great deals on tickets. We now have that way, the GameTime app. (laughs) Download the GameTime app and use the promo code Al Galdi. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. GameTime offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee, so you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. The GameTime guarantee means that you'll always get the best price, and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime 
will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on Game Time looking at tickets for Commander's Games in the 2023 regular season. A lot of good deals, and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Game Time is the app for last minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this promo code, Al Galdi. You use that promo code, Al Galdi, you get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code, Al Galdi, for $20 off your first purchase. What time is it? It's Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, fall is here, gentlemen. Soon, it'll be the holiday season. You've got a lot going on. Don't let all that's happening stop you from sticking to your habits and being the best version of yourself. This is where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. Caldera Lab is the best in the skincare game. And you, with an easy routine via Caldera Lab, can keep your face looking pretty (laughs) no matter your schedule. Plus, what's a better gift than clear skin? Join the 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self and first impression this fall. Plus, Caldera Lab makes for a great gift. Look, if you're a guy and you're like me, you don't know much about skincare, but Caldera Lab makes skincare for guys easy. The Caldera Lab regimen includes three products, the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. Uh, The Clean Slate is a face wash that starts and ends your day and leaves all skin types refreshed. The Base Layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And The Good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. One minute each morning and one minute each night. That's all that it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. You will be looking like a million bucks. And here's a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Go to calderalab.com. Caldera is spelled C-A-L-D-E-R-A. Calderalab.com. And use the promo code GALDI. G-A-L-D-I, my last name, Galdi, to get 20% off. That's calderalab.com, promo code Galdi for 20% off. Show your best self or make an unforgettable impression with a great gift. calderalab.com, promo code Galdi for 20% off. That's calderalab.com, promo code Galdi for 20% off.
Well, it was in week two that Washington, via its 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos, got to 2-0 in a regular season for the first time since 2011. A win for Washington at the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday afternoon would have our team 3-1 in a regular season for the first time since 2011. You know, if you didn't know better, you'd think that that 2011 season, it was some great season for the Redskins. Uh, It was not. Uh, The Skins in the 2011 regular season ultimately went 5-11. and Not very good. Okay, we wound up 5-11. and Not very good. Yes, as Steve Spurrier said just about 20 years ago in his final press conference as Skins head coach, 5-11. and uh, not very good. The 2-1 and one Commanders at the 3-0 and o Eagles this Sunday afternoon at 1. Washington has won at the Eagles in two of the last three seasons. What about a win this Sunday, especially off the Commanders' hideous 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon? My friends, it is that time. The time to rhyme. It is time for Rhyming Keys. My keys to a Commander's victory in a rhyming fashion. Uh, these rhymes, they are not meant to be good. Uh, they are only meant to make a few points. And in fact, I have a saying for this segment, the worse the rhyme, the better the time. So let's have a good time. Here we go. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun. Rhyming keys for a commander's win at the Eagles. How do the commanders win this game? We now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one. This for a man who we talked about earlier in the show, Commander's Assistant Head Coach slash Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy. EB, the onus is on thee. The Commanders have basically no chance of being good offensively this season if uh, the sack problem does not get fixed. Sam Howell having been sacked 19 times over three games this regular season is absurd. The sacks have been mostly on Sam, but the offensive line certainly deserves some blame. And so does Eric Bieniemy. From this standpoint, everything that happens with an offense falls under the purview of the person in charge of that offense. And that person for the commanders is Eric Bieniemy. The commanders in the loss to the Bills were awful offensively. You can't say that Eric Bieniemy could not have done some things better. And with a young starting quarterback in Sam Howell, there is a larger than normal responsibility on Eric to do well. Remember the bigger picture here. Eric is here to get himself a head coaching job. He is here to prove that he can coordinate a good offense without Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid as the primary play caller and without the Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes as the QB1. I think that Eric Bieniemy is smart and knows offense. He did a terrific job in that win at the Broncos in Week 2, but the caliber of defense that the commanders are facing stepped up via the game against the Bills, and now is stepping up even more via this game at the Eagles, who have maybe the best defensive line in the NFL. Is Eric Bieniemy up for the challenge? There will be so much focus on Sam Howell on Sunday afternoon, and rightfully so. He was not good in the loss to the Bills. He needs to play better, but Eric Bieniemy needs to do better too. Let's see him truly prove himself as an offensive coordinator away from the comfort of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes by scheming up a plan that works beautifully at the Eagles in facing their mighty defense. And so rhyming key number one, this for Eric Bieniemy. EB, the onus 
is on thee. Arriving key for Commander's Eagles number two, this for Commander's receivers Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. You must get away from Bradbury and Slay. I, on Thursday's show, episode 666, talked about the glaring lack of targets for Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Terry and Jahan, each over three games this regular season, has been targeted a mere 16 times. That's it. That's unacceptable. Well, know this. Neither guy is doing a great job of getting open. The NFL's next-gen stats has a stat called average separation. It is the distance measured in yards between a receiver or tight end and the nearest defender at the time of a target. Do you know who is number one in the NFL in average separation for this regular season through week three? Commander's receiver Curtis Samuel at 4.9. But Terry McLaurin was at 2.9. Jahan Dodson was at 2.7. Now, part of that is Terry and Jahan being covered by opposing teams' best corners, but there's no doubt that Terry and Jahan can be doing better jobs of getting open, and that will not be easy given the Eagles' high-level cornerback duo of Darius Slay and James Bradbury. But take a listen to this. Terry McLaurin on Wednesday afternoon with reporters on the concept of spacing in Eric Bieniemy's offense. And you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider J.P. Fidley of NBC4. Spacing is very important in this offense to where um, you may... You can run the route with some freedom, but at the same time, you, you can't deviate too much from where you're supposed to be in the spot and because the quarterback is depending on that kind of timing. So um, it's been an adjustment, but at the same time, it's, it's just on us to execute the game plan. How has the spacing felt through three weeks? Um, I mean, I think we've had some good. We've had some bad. I think uh, when you're in a detail-oriented offense like this, when the spacing is off, the play is nine times out of ten probably not successful and it takes all the receivers all the skill guys whoever's out on that concept at the time to be in the right space in the right split taking the right depths um reading the coverages because your 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 routes can change predicated on the, the coverage so it's, it's very detail oriented so we really got to trust each guy to be studying their film knowing their assignment and going out there and executing because if you're not then i'm in Jahan's zone or i'm in curtis's zone uh and i'm off and that throws off the whole play I thought that that was interesting from Terry McLaurin. Perhaps this issue of spacing is behind his and Jahan's average separations not being so good. But again, Curtis Samuel's average separation has been outstanding. And so rhyming key number two, this for Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dodson. You must get away from Bradbury and Slay. And rhyming key for Commander's Eagles number three, this is for the Commander's defensive line. Stay in your lane and keep contain. The commander's vaunted defensive line should be ashamed of its production in the loss to the Bills last Sunday afternoon. The Bills finished with nine sacks and 15 quarterback hits. The commanders finished with no sacks and one quarterback hit. The commanders also allowed Bills quarterback Josh Allen to have three carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. And commanders head coach Rod Rivera in his postgame press conference last Sunday afternoon was critical of the commanders' rush discipline in the game. Remember, that was a problem for Washington in the 2021 season. The truth is that Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts has not played great 
so far this regular season. But the Eagles are 3-0. Uh, and Hertz is a major threat as a runner. Hertz in five career games against Washington has 38 carries for 164 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, yes, Hertz can hurt the commanders as a passer, but him getting off some big runs would make things so much worse. How deflating were those runs by Josh Allen last Sunday afternoon? Opening drive of the game on a first quarter, third and 10 for the Bills at their 25. The commanders gave up a 13-yard shotgun scramble by Josh Allen. Second quarter on a second and 12 for the Bills at their 11. The commanders gave up a 23-yard shotgun scramble by Josh Allen. Fourth quarter on a second and goal for the Bills at the 10. Josh Allen, a 10-yard shotgun touchdown scramble run on which he ran right through an attempted arm tackle by safety Cameron Curl in the backfield. The concepts of rush discipline and keeping contain and not losing the edge and being gap sound, all of these things are basic things for a defense, but they become even more important when facing a big-time mobile quarterback. And so rhyming key number three, this for the commander's defensive line, stay in your lane and keep contain. All right, it is prediction time. The Commanders for Crab Sports plus eight and a half. The problem with the Eagles as a matchup for the Commanders is that the Commanders could play a lot better than they did in their loss to the Bills and still lose by a good bit. The Eagles, especially with their defense, are a far from ideal opponent for a bounce back game for a young quarterback like Sam Howell. Now, Washington, with Ron Rivera as head coach, has pulled off some big wins over good teams. December 7th, 2020, Washington won at the Pittsburgh Steelers 23-17, despite the Steelers at that point in the 2020 regular season being 11-0. November 14th, 2021, Washington beat the reigning Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers 29-19 at FedEx Field. November 14th, 2022, the Commanders won at the Eagles 32-21 on Monday Night Football, despite the Eagles at that point in the 2022 regular season being 8-0. Nobody should be stunned if the Commanders on Sunday afternoon play the Eagles close or even win the game. But the smart, financially prudent play for this game is Eagles minus eight and a half. Final score, Eagles 28, Commanders 17, and I will hope like heck to be wrong. Hey, few things in life go together as well as pizza and an NFL game day. Make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before NFL games. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave. Kind of like picking players for your fantasy team, only with Little Caesars Pizza, you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour of the week. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. 
The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, this has been a week of emotions for Orioles Nation, for Birdland, as it is known. We on Tuesday evening learned of the death of Orioles legend Brooks Robinson, uh, one of the best third basemen in baseball history at the age of 86. But we on Thursday evening had big Orioles news, and then we had multiple big Orioles achievements. So the O's on Thursday evening began their final series of the 2023 MLB regular season, a four-game series against the Boston Red Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. It was during the game that the O's announced that the team, the state of Maryland, Maryland Governor Westmore, and the Maryland Stadium Authority have agreed on a deal that will allow the O's to continue to play at Oriole Park at Camden Yards for at least the next 30 years. Uh, The current lease had been set to expire on December 31st. An extension of the lease had always been expected, but we all know how this stuff goes. Until a deal is done, you never know for sure. And uh, this extension did take a while. The Orioles chairman, CEO, and uh, managing partner, the ultra-popular John Angelos, uh, he in February told reporters that he hoped to have a new lease done by the All-Star break. Uh, That did not happen. Uh, But now the lease extension has happened. So that is done. And the O's winning the American League East for the first time since 2014 is done. The O's entered Thursday with a magic number of one on the Tampa Bay Rays to win the division. The Rays did not have a game on Thursday. The O's did. (laughs) And they, Joe Angel, were in the win column. And the Orioles again in the win column. That's right, Joe. The win column. The win column, both in terms of winning the game and winning the division. A 2-0 win over the Red Sox, improving the O's to an American League best 159 in this 2023 regular season. First 100-win regular season for the O's since 1980. And, by the way, The O's have clinched the best record in the American League. We had known for a while that the winner of the American League East would also be the number one seed in the American League playoffs. Uh, That team now, officially, is the O's. You know, for years I had a saying with the O's, pain now, pleasure later. Pain now, pleasure later. The O's on November 16th, 2018 announced the hiring of Mike Elias as executive vice president and general manager. And what he did was embark on a total teardown, all in on analytics rebuild, the kind of rebuild that turned the Chicago Cubs into World Series champions, the kind of rebuild that turned the Houston Astros into World Series champions, cheating scandal aside. (laughs) But this Orioles process was a necessary process. Now, This process was painful. This process took time. The O's in the 2019 regular season went 54 and 108, which was the second worst record in the majors and had the second worst run differential in the majors at minus 252. 
Uh, the O's in the COVID-shortened 2020 regular season went 25-35, and 35, going 13-27 and 27 after a 12-8 start. The O's in the 2021 regular season went a major league worst tying 52-110 and 110 with a major league worst run differential of minus 297. The O's in August 2021 had a 19-game losing streak during which the O's were outscored 163-55. That 19-game losing streak, the second longest regular season losing streak in Orioles history, trailing only the all-time 21-game losing streak that began the Orioles' 1988 regular season. But off all of this pain has come the pleasure. The O's in the 2022 regular season went a stunning 83-79, and joining the 1890 Louisville Colonels and the 1899 St. Louis Perfectos, <laughs> I love those names, as the only major league teams to finish 500 or better in a regular season after recording at least 110 losses in the prior regular season. And now the O's in this 2023 regular season are an American League best 159 and are American League East champions for the first time since 2014. Mike Elias in November 2018 took over an Orioles team that was a mess in terms of its farm system and analytics and the international market and so much more. And Elias in five years has transformed the O's into a 100-win American League East champion powerhouse that is stacked with young talent at the major league level and has a loaded farm system. The O's per MLB pipeline have six of the top 50 prospects in baseball, including the number one prospect in baseball, shortstop slash second baseman Jackson Holiday, who at least as things stand right now, looks like a phenom. Uh, as for this 2 nothing win for the O's over the Red Sox on Thursday evening, well, uh, the O's once again did not hit. You know, their offense has gone cold lately. That is a concern. Uh, the O's for this game, just two runs, just four hits, three walks, one for three with runners in scoring position. Uh, the four hits consisted of a solo homer, a double, and two singles. Anthony Santander hit the homer. Uh, he as the Orioles starting right fielder and number three batter went one for four with a solo homer. He had an Orioles one run first, had a two out full count solo homer over the Great Wall of Baltimore in left field for a one nothing Orioles lead to conclude a nine pitch plate appearance in which Santander had been down in a count at 1.02. Uh, the homer winner projected 405 feet per stat cast. Anthony Santander, a.k.a. Tony Taters. Uh, he, for this regular season, tied for number one on the O's in home runs with 28 and is number three among all qualified Orioles players in OPS at 801. But the biggest item for the O's in terms of this actual game on Thursday evening was their pitching. Dean Kramer was the Orioles starting pitcher and he was really good. Five into third scoreless innings with eight strikeouts versus one walk. He gave up just two hits, both of which were singles. He issued a wild pitch. He threw a lot of strikes, 88 pitches, 61 strikes versus 27 balls. Dean Kramer for this 2023 regular season, 32 starts, ERA a 412. But he had a terrible April, six starts, ERA a 667. Dean Kramer over his last 26 starts, ERA of 
359. Uh, to me, the Orioles' four starting pitchers for the playoffs should be Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, Dean Kramer, and John Means. And then the Orioles' bullpen in this 2-0 win over the Red Sox on Thursday evening. Outstanding. Four Orioles relievers combined for three and two-thirds scoreless innings. D.L. Hull tossed one and two-thirds perfect innings. Yadier Cano faced three batters and got two outs. Sino Perez faced one batter and got one out. And Tyler Wells tossed a scoreless top of the ninth via three ground outs. Uh, what a night for the O's. What a season for the O's. Give me some Orioles magic! The magic of Orioles Pain now, pleasure later, not no more. Pain over, pleasure now. Next up for the O's, uh, the final three games of this uh, regular season ending, four-game series against the Red Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Game two, Friday night at 7.05, John Means will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. Game three, Saturday night at 7.15. Game four, Sunday afternoon at 3.05. The O's have not named starting pitchers for games three and four. All right, time now to talk college football week five. Time now for Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for Maryland, Navy, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. You surely have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. This is Goldilocks, and it is brought to us by Crab Sports. Crab Sports is Maryland's number one sports book. You can visit crabsports.com or download the new Crab Sports app, which is available in both the App Store and Google Play. Uh, Crab Sports is the only sports book that offers special boosts and parlays on all DMV area teams. In fact, if you go to crabsports.com or are on the Crab Sports app between 5 p.m. Eastern Friday to 11 a.m. Eastern Saturday, you will see the Goldilocks picks in the boosted odds section. Yes, you get boosted odds with my Goldilocks selections, making it easier for you to make money money. <laughs> and know this, join Crab Sports now with the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, GALDI, and Crab Sports will match your new customer first bet up to $250. So, crabsports.com or the Crab Sports app, promo code GALDI. Crab Sports is partnering with local hero brands and businesses to bring the best localized betting experience to Maryland. Crab Sports wants to remind you to please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years of age or older. Uh, Goldilocks, over the last two weeks, four and two. Goldilocks, game number one, Maryland, home to Indiana, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Terrapins for Crab Sports, minus 14 and a half. 
The Terps improved to 4-0 overall and 1-0 in the Big Ten with a 31-9 win at Michigan State last Saturday. The Terps won despite quarterback Talia Tungavailoa having an uneven game and won despite actually getting outgained by Michigan State, 376-362. But the Terps won the turnover battle 5-1. It was funny, the Commanders in their 37-3 lost to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field last Sunday afternoon, lost the turnover battle 5-1. The Terps in their 31-9 win at Michigan State last Saturday won the turnover battle 5-1. Uh, the Indiana Hoosiers are 2-2 two and two overall, 0-1 oh in the Big Ten. They're coming off a 29-27 quadruple overtime win over Akron last Saturday night. You know, IU did actually play Ohio State fairly respectably, a 23-3 home loss to then number three Ohio State on September 2nd. The Hoosiers defense did well in that game. But know this about Maryland. It is one of only three teams in the FBS this season to be at least 4-0 with each win by at least 18 points. The other two teams, number two Michigan and number seven Washington. The Terps are among others receiving votes in this week's Associated Press Top 25 poll, would a dominant win over the Hoosiers get the Terps, get the Turtles into the AP Top 25? Give me Maryland, minus 14 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. Goldilocks game number two, Virginia Tech home to Pitt Saturday night at eight. The Hokies for Crab Sports plus two and a half. ACC opener for Tech, which fell to one and three with a 24-17 loss at Marshall last Saturday afternoon. And who, oh who, will be the Hokies starting quarterback come Saturday night? Hokies head coach Brent Pry for the loss at Marshall went with Baylor transfer Kyron Drones as the team's starting quarterback for a second consecutive game as the Hokies QB1, Grant Wells, who transferred to Tech from Marshall, has been dealing with an ankle injury. Drones in the loss at Marshall was not good as a passer, was good as a runner. Uh, Pry on Tuesday told reporters that he did not see Grant Wells making much progress last week, but was hoping for better this week. Uh, back with the Hokies, by the way, is true freshman quarterback William Pop Watson III, who uh, had been suspended indefinitely due to a violation of team rules. Pop Watson was named the Gatorade Massachusetts Player of the Year in 2022. Tech has been dealing with a variety of injuries, but is safety Nasir Peoples coming back soon? He has missed the Hokies' last three games due to injury, but he on Wednesday was back at practice, uh, though in a blue jersey, indicating limited contact. Uh, Peoples had a brace on a knee. The Pitt Panthers are 1-3 overall and 0-1 in the ACC. They're coming off a 41-24 home loss to then number 17 North Carolina last Saturday night. Uh, Neither Tech nor Pitt is good. The Hokies' run defense has been horrendous so far this season, but the Hokies in their loss at Marshall did find a rushing offense. The rushing offense was very good for the first time in four games this season. Tech totaled 26 carries for 211 yards and two touchdowns when you don't count the four sacks of Kyron Drones. A lot of public betting money for this game is on Pitt. Give me Virginia Tech. Minus two and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Goldilocks game number three, Virginia at Boston College, Saturday afternoon at two. The Cavaliers for Crab Sports, plus three and a half. Uh, The Cavs, like the Hokies, have been having quarterback uncertainty, although Cavs head coach Tony Elliott on Tuesday told reporters that he expected Tony Musket 
to be the team starting quarterback for this game at Boston College. The Cavs fell to 0-4 overall and 0-1 in the ACC with a 24-21 loss to NC State at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia last Friday night as the Cavs committed three boneheaded penalties late in the game. NC State kicker Braden Narvison made a game-winning 33-yard field goal with time having expired in the fourth quarter. But Elliott in that game went with true freshman Anthony Calandria as the Cavs starting quarterback for a third consecutive game as the team starting quarterback to begin the season. Monmouth transfer Tony Musket remained out due to an injured left shoulder uh, that he suffered in the Cavs season opener. The uh, 49-13 loss to then number two Tennessee at Nissan Stadium in Nashville on September 2nd. The Cavs quarterback situation is interesting. We have no idea how good Tony Musket might be because he has barely played this season. Calandria has been a fourth quarter turnover machine. He, over the last two games, has committed six fourth quarter turnovers, including five fourth quarter interceptions. But the guy makes plays. Calandria for this season has a yards per pass attempt of 9.05 and a yards per completion of 14.65. Additionally, a Cavs receiver and Northwestern transfer, Malik Washington, is on fire. He and the loss to NC State, a second consecutive big game, 10 receptions for 170 yards and two touchdowns on 14 targets. And he had one carry for eight yards. 107 of his 170 receiving yards were a yak. Uh, yards after catch, Washington on Monday was named ACC Receiver of the Week. The Boston College Eagles, uh, they are 1-3 overall and 0-2 in the ACC. The Wahoos defense in the lost NC State did play well. Virginia and Boston College just may be the two worst teams in the ACC. So I would not expect a classic between these two teams on Saturday afternoon. Uh, give me Boston College, minus 3.5. Make money, money, make money, money, money. And Goldilocks game number four, Navy, home to South Florida Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The midshipmen are minus three and a half. It has been a while since we saw the mids. Uh, their last game was all the way back on September 14th when Navy fell to one and two overall and 0 and one in the American Athletic Conference with a 28-24 loss at Memphis. Uh, the midshipmen for that game were 14 and a half point underdogs in multiple shops. Won the first quarter 14-7, but did then lose the rest of the game 21-10. Navy head coach Brian Newberry for a second consecutive game went into the game with a plan to play two quarterbacks and start Ty Lovatai and backup Blake Horvath. Navy's rushing offense in this game was good. The mids finished with 50 carries for 299 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but Lovatai had a lost fumble and Horvath had two fourth quarter fumbles, including a lost fumble. Uh, the South Florida Bulls are 2-2 two and two overall and 1-0 and oh in the AAC. Uh, their last game, a 42-29 win over Rice last Saturday. The Bulls in that game put up 597 total net yards of offense. Uh, South Florida has a dual threat quarterback in Byron Brown. South Florida on September 16th lost at home to then number 10 Alabama, but by just a 17-3 count. Uh, give me South Florida getting points, plus three and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. All right, so your Goldilocks for college football week five, Maryland minus 14 and a half, Virginia Tech minus two and a half, Boston College minus three and a half, and South Florida plus three and a half. And don't forget, join Crab Sports now with the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, GALDI, and Crab Sports will match your new customer first bet 
up to $250. Go to crabsports.com or download the Crab Sports app and use the promo code GALDI. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 668. We'll have a lot for you on the commanders of whatever happens in their game at the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday afternoon at 1. Also on Monday's show, I'll talk Orioles and Nationals as this weekend is the final weekend of the 2023 MLB regular season. The O's this weekend have the final three games of a four-game series against the Boston Red Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. The Nats this weekend have a three-game series at the Major League leading Atlanta Braves. And I, on Monday show, will talk college football week five, which includes Maryland home to Indiana Saturday afternoon at 3.30, Virginia Tech home to Pitt Saturday night at 8, Virginia at Boston College Saturday afternoon at 2, Navy home to South Florida, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. James Madison, home to South Alabama, Saturday at noon. And Old Dominion at Marshall, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. What have you seen from Emmanuel Forbes in the first three weeks? Like, what do you what do you want to see him did get you, better at? Did you miss the beginning of this? Did we, talk, we talked about Emmanuel, didn't we? Yeah, but there's... Um, I was Where you, you want to go? You want to dive deeper on that? A little one? bit, yeah. Okay. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.